This is a Rooster Teeth production. Well, good morning, Gus. Oh, man, you got right to it. You're not fucking around today. How are you doing? I'm good. Woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Did you? (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) That's okay. Not me. I'm well rested. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy to hear it. Um, we, we, uh, where uh, we got coffee from Stinson's this morning, which is what, like at 45th and Burnett? Yeah. And uh, we're recording at Ramsey Park, which is just uh, down the road, named after our own co-host here, Jeff Ramsey. Yeah, it's a gorgeous park. Is it? Oh, I love it. Love it to This death. is exactly the kind of thing we talked about in the other episode, Horace. No, just like, this one's great. No. No, this you're, is great. There's trees, there's cover, there's basketball, crazy. there's fucking, there's a swimming pool over there. There's way more stuff than the other place we Gorgeous were at. Park. Gorgeous Gorgeous. There's a baseball it's field a back park. here. That's not that's a baseball not, field. Yeah, you can play that's baseball there. That's a we're, the, yeah. we're in right field, dude. We're, yeah. <laughs> this is not a baseball. What more do you need? There's a, like, I come by here sometimes at night and there's a bunch of old dudes that play, like, fiddle and violin uh, right over there. Fiddle and violin. Or whatever it Both is. Both kinds. Well, st- some kind of fucking string instrument. It's, uh, yeah, this Tell is me from Alabama place. without telling me you're from Alabama. <laughs> I'll just tell you I'm from Alabama. Um. So we picked up the coffee. That's really, uh, not a place to record over since. And so we came down to gorgeous. Ramsey Park. Oh, it's a gorgeous day so far. Um, man, you, uh, you just 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 walking around sometimes or just interacting. I'm a, I'm a I'm an introvert and I'm a hermit. Yeah, you are. I think there's 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 no secret about that. I try to avoid dealing with people whenever possible. Idle chit chat is awful to me. It's like pulling teeth. Uh, but you know, to be nice, if someone like starts talking to you, you know, normally you'll you'll engage and get back. I don't know where this came from. Like the whole not wanting to talk to people, but. Someone just wanted to talk to us this morning. Uh, Eric and I got there to order the coffee before you showed up, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, And we just could not get away from it. Um, as we were parking, this dude walked by who looked like he'd been in a fight. Looked like he had lost a fight. Okay. And uh, he's like, he's walking by right as I'm getting out of the car. And I'm like, I hope he keeps walking. And he walked into Stinson's right behind us. Like, great. And uh, he just wanted, he just kept wanting to talk about his messed up face and I, we found out that apparently he got hit by a car. <laughs> so he did lose the fight. The car won, I, I assume. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, he wanted to talk about his, his, his face, and I was doing everything I could to not look at it and to not talk about it. I keep looking over your shoulder because I'm afraid he's going to walk in this direction. <laughs> but I don't see him. He was really bummed that Taco Shack was closed. It was asking about the tacos at Stinson's. It was like, I don't know. I've, nev- I've never had the tacos. They're here. okay. He was asking us about the tacos and then telling me that he liked my tattoo and then <laughs> saying that, like, he hey. got hit by a car. His eye was, like, the blood vessel had burst, like, in one part of his eye, so it's red. And it's just like, ah, dude, ah, oh, come on. Put some sunglasses on. <laughs> uh, it, but it was, I, I could tell he was going to follow us as soon as we parked because as soon as we were getting out of the car, he clocked us. Yeah. He was yeah. just like, ah, my two new best friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. That is not me. Sounds, sounds like he was having a rough day and was just looking for a little kindness. Oh, no, it's okay. He got hit by a car on Friday. Oh, wow, he's fine. By yeah, now, that's though. what I'm saying. I just realized why I say the park is gorgeous and you guys don't. You have a much shittier view than I do. It's much prettier this way. I mean, I wouldn't, it's prettier in that direction. I wouldn't say it's gorgeous, but yeah, with the Lovely. direction we're looking at, it's like just a dirt a, field. An empty lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're at the demarcation Some, line between pretty and. <laughs> Someone mowed the grass <laughs> uh, a month ago, maybe. There's people doing yoga over here. There's people training their dogs. There's kids running around. It's very lovely. We'll tell the guy with the fucked up face to it's come not, down here and hang out. It's not 98 degrees isn't there just like, yet. Isn't there? So this is an area of town. Um, this is Rosedale, right? Uh, yeah. Rosedale or it's between like it's at the edge of Rosedale and the beginning of Allendale. We, you know, we talked uh, about uh, a former coworker of ours several episodes ago, uh, George. Uh, <laughs> the guy who changed the oil. The guy who changed the oil <laughs> and it, it burned through the bag. Uh, I learned about the Rosedale part of Austin because of George. George uh, owned a house up here uh, back in the late 90s. That would have been like 99. I don't know when he bought the house. I but hope he held on to it. Yeah, he had the house, as far as I know, in 99 or so. And I think what he had done was he bought like the most dilapidated house up here. Uh-huh. And then slowly himself was like learning how to do home renovations and then fixing the house up so that over the course of years he would eventually fix it and then sell it and flip it himself uh and that's the only reason i know where rosedale is because his house was up here somewhere it was in rosedale yeah uh i I felt like that was the time when i didn't know any austin neighborhoods 
I just moved here, I guess. And uh, I was trying to, you know, get the lay of the land of where everything was. All I knew was that uh, people said Rosedale was a very expensive place to live and that uh, he was going to make a lot of money flipping that house. I, If he held on to it long enough, I bet he did. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 that also is classic George, the DIY classic, renovation classic George. To, uh, to flip and make a I'm bunch sure of money. I'm sure that was a chapter in The Millionaire Next Door. <laughs> Buy a dilapidated house and slowly fix it up over 20 years yourself. That's kind of what I did with that. I don't know how I don't remember how much we talked about it. That first house I had over on the east side, the little little house. Yeah, it was like uh, I I wanted to buy a house in Austin. This was what this was two thousand nine. I wanted to buy a house in Austin and had to. Well, I, I didn't want to spend Austin housing prices at the time, uh, so I found you or you found it. You told me about it. It was like the cheapest house listed for sale in yes. Austin uh, at the time, and the reason it was the cheapest house in Austin was it look like no one had lived in it for 20 years maybe it was uh like maybe someone had been squatting in it for a while wasn't it also like 850 square feet oh i wish it was like 750 <laughs> <laughs> it was a 750 square foot house that was built on three slabs like someone <laughs> <laughs> what? yeah like someone had built it and then decided to do an, like a 20-square-foot addition and then do another 50-square-foot addition. Um, it was actually a little—the additions were a little bigger than that. But, yeah, it was built on three different slabs. It was built in the 40s, and I believe it was originally built for little people uh, because all of the lights—well, the, the, the ceiling in the house was only seven feet tall. Uh, all of the light switches were— How tall are you? Um, six two. And all of the light switches were about half the height you would expect— uh, and the door was small. And the doors were all narrow and uh, really low because of the seven-foot ceiling. Uh, and so when, you know, my wife and I bought it, we had to hire someone. We, you know, we had to we had, like, figure out what we want this house to look like. We hired uh, someone to renovate it and then live through hell for six months while that happened, or eight months. And uh, Didn't you hire the same dude that renovated our T? Yeah, he, he renovated uh, <laughs> our Congress guy. office. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know any contractors. Like, hey, that dude knows how to do stuff. God, what a mistake. That didn't end well, That did, did not end well, no. <laughs> contractors, it's funny when you hire a contractor because it's like you're agreeing to give someone money so that you can hate them in six months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, here you go. This is... I'm looking forward to giving you a lot of money, and I'm looking forward to despising you when this is all done. Totally, totally agree, dude. There's a there's a family out there who I loved a lot early on, and then after they put a second floor on my old house, I hope I never see them again, <laughs> ever. Yep. Ever. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm a big dumb. You know, I I did that once. That house actually sold uh, last summer. Yeah, that that little house, that 750 square foot house, sold last summer. Uh, and I want to say it sold for five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, I bought it in two thousand nine for, I uh, I want to say one sixty or one seventy. What you said that Jeff found it. Where did you find it? I don't. How do you find a house? How do you find the cheapest house in Austin? Uh, it was close to where I lived. It was just that. It was just so a place I just that like, you just I think I just seen? was driving around and saw for sale. Wow. And I knew he was looking, and I wanted selfishly. I wanted him to live close to me. Uh, so that we could not hang out. Yeah. But it, very clear, very close to each other. Yeah. But it's like proximity. Yeah. So apparently, when I bought this house, I learned a lot. This is the first house I ever purchased. And uh, I did a lot of advanced home buying things with this house. It, what? There is a special kind of mortgage you can get called a 203K. And the 203K allows you to not only pay for the house, but get extra money to do the renovation at the same time. It sounds brilliant, right? Yeah. It sounds like a great idea. It is a mountain of paperwork. Like, the red tape involved in doing a 203K is a fucking nightmare. I don't know. I lost count of how many times I was screaming on the phone about this <laughs> fucking 203K mortgage to... I, I quit doing... I also quit doing business with Bank of America over this 203K. Wow. Because they fucked me so many times on uh, this mortgage. I mean... It is a nightmare. So, if you're looking for a house and you want to bundle a renovation budget into it, you can look into the 203K. But let me warn you right now, it is a fucking nightmare. Do you know what I remember the most about that house? What's that? Uh, you guys went all in on the cabinet on the countertops. Oh yeah, you were very excited. Those you had countertops really, were really awesome. nice, custom-made countertops. They were half the they, size of the house. They were. So these these countertops <laughs> were all stainless steel, and it was all one piece. 
there's only there's only two places in the United States that can uh, at the time there were only two places in the U.S. that could do this and like you do you send very exact measurements and they cut like this one giant piece of stainless steel and you get like a, you know marine edge you design the countertop exactly how you want it and yes this was a huge part of our budget of our renovation budget was the countertop he brought me over just to see the countertops and I'll be honest they were gorgeous I mean really gorgeous. Oh, is that it? I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say something. No, they were, my great, they were just great countertops. They were great. Uh, uh, I, I mean, he was bracing for this. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, was gonna, <laughs> we were I mean, the there, there. you know, in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two, maybe, maybe, don't hold up stylistically, but in like two thousand nine, two thousand nine, they were like dead on. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, they were great. Um, Wouldn't want them today. <laughs> there you go. Just kidding. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Oh uh, man, yeah, we uh, it was a learning process, and then like a big idiot, you know, when that's done, you know, we finished in 2009. You know, you have that whole thing. Like, I learned from this experience. I'm never doing this again. I'm yeah. never gonna underdo this again. I did it again in 2018. Come on. In 2018, I was like, oh, cool, I'm gonna do a renovation again, <laughs> different different house. I was about to say, this is you're on your third home, right? Yeah, I am as well. Uh, as much of a nightmare as you described that process, that just kind of feels like how like. Every time I buy a house, I'm better along, I've got more money, I'm like further along in life, I'm more financially secure, yeah. and I feel like it's supposed to get easier. But it's a fucking nightmare every time you buy a house. Yeah. It just sucks. The second time- Everything sucks. The, the other house, so after I sold the little house, yeah. you know, I was like, I'm learning. I'm older. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm a little uh, better off financially. I'm not going to buy a dilapidated house or renovated. Uh-huh. I'm going to buy a new house. Yeah. I'm going to buy a new construction. Sure. That's its own nightmare. That's really? its own thing. It's like, oh- no one has lived in this house yet, so they don't know all the things that are broken. <laughs> oh, like, you you move into new construction, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. Everything's going to work fine. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> we had a toilet that, if you flushed it more than twice, would start backing up because someone had left, like, a balloon in the pipe, like, yeah. uh, underground. Like, I guess it's like a balloon that they cl- used to clear out after, when, like, during the construction process, and it had broken off in the pipe, and they had just left it there. So if you flush the toilet twice, the water couldn't get past the balloon, so it would start overflowing. See, that's the new construction problem you have that you don't think about. What? <laughs> and you don't discover it until it's an emergency, and you have to flush twice, and you're like, oh, no, it's everywhere. <laughs> I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder what the sweet spot is, because all the houses I buy are made, like, are 100 years old. Like, the house I'm living in now, I think, was built in 34, I want to say, and the previous one was built in 38. And I always think, like, I got to buy a new house next time because it's a fucking, oh, shit, my, my, all, of my, all of my cast iron plumbing disintegrated <laughs> under the house. Yeah. Better dig a 25-foot trench under the entirety of my house and spend 45 grand replacing the plumbing. Like, I figure, like, I'm a sucker for buying old houses, but it's nice to know that new houses suck, Yeah, they, they do. So, it's funny you, you mentioned cast iron pipes. <laughs> this is going to be the house episode, by the oh, way. I, I've already got <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. That old house, uh, oh, the, say the the little first house I bought, yeah. had had a very similar issue. What you're talking about, where the main sewer line leaving the house collapsed, it broke, whatever, yeah, right, like had to replace it. So we had to hire a plumber to come out, and like you said, had to dig a trench from the sewer connection to the yeah. street all the way up to our house, like dug everything up with like this little backhoe, and it's like, oh, your sewer line is cast iron covered in concrete. Like a plumber is telling me, I've never seen that before. Like, cool. He's like, yeah, this is going to be really difficult to replace. Like, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Oh, for, the thing you want to hear. For, for doing this. He's like, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. He's like, one time I was working on a house in East Texas, and they had wooden pipes. I was like, okay, now you're bullshitting me. There is no way you worked yeah, in a house wooden, with wooden, wooden pipes. pipes. Yeah, he yeah I've like, heard about those. You have? Yeah. I th- to this day, I thought that guy was messing with no, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> they were wooden pipes were real. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so at least I didn't have wooden pipes. But I had <laughs> cast iron pipes covered in concrete. Yeah, yeah. I actually have... Uh, I still have a bunch of cast iron under my kitchen that they didn't replace because like 20 years ago, they did the bladder thing where they shoot the balloon in and then inflate it and then it like coats the pipe and then that just like, it adds an extra 30 years to your pipes. Oh, okay. Supposedly, yeah. When when the dude was was finishing up replacing my main sewer line with the, the backhoe, you know, he dug up all that concrete covered cast iron, put... I don't remember, fucking PVC. I don't remember what it was. Put new pipes down. Uh, before he could recover it back up, like with all the dirt, he had to leave it exposed because the city of Austin had to come through, the permitting department mm-hmm. had to come through and test it. They do like a pressure test of some kind to make sure the work's done right. Uh, so they had to like leave it open, had to leave like this vertical pipe connected to it so I guess they could hook up and do the test. And that was right at the same time that a hurricane hit the Texas Gulf Coast. 
So it rained for a week in Austin, and they can't do the test when it's raining because they can't see if water's leaking. <laughs> so I had an open trench in my front yard while it poured rain for a week, just waiting for the <laughs> rain to stop so that <laughs> they could test my pipe and then we could recover the ground and uh, not have a mosh like a, a muddy mosh pit for a front yard. Like the fucking joys of home ownership, dude. It is. Uh, I'm going through a thing right now. This isn't bad at all, uh, but. I wanted to get a pool in my backyard Ugh. to fight the the, the heat. Uh, I do. Uh, I, I desperately want a pool. Terrible idea. And I, I know some people think it's a terrible idea. Uh, Don't do it. That's fair. That's fine. People are allowed to think that. This person thinks it's a great idea and wants to have a pool. Awful. Is going to get one. Uh, but I have to. I have to rerun the electric to my house underground because the the wires go over where the pool would be. So they're gonna have to reroute the electric and I need to also replace my breaker box anyway. So I hired an electrician in June and I am still waiting for the city disconnect notice to come through. And it is fucking September 26th today, probably. Yeah. And I checked it. We checked in with him last week, and he's like, "Yeah, man, they're still backed. It's it's that backed up. The city won't even say like, okay, disconnect your power, so that you can at least get the new breaker box." I've been waiting three months. When no uh, end in sight. When I did my last renovation, um, I, I hired like this big contracting firm to do a lot of like home renovations in, in Austin, and there was like an extra fee you can pay, like an add-on, where you hire. Or you pay the contracting company, and they like hire this specialty company in Austin, whose sole job is to expedite permits. Oh. Like they have people who sit in the permit office all day and know all the yeah. permitters. That way, you can get your permits through the process more easily. And it was like I don't know, like an extra thousand bucks or something. And it's like yeah, and then you know Joe will sit in the permit office all day for you and make sure your permits get approved. And we're not sitting around waiting for permits. Like I hate. I feel like I'm being extorted and i feel like this is a scam but i know if i don't pay it i'm gonna be waiting three months for a power disconnect notice like like it's it's gonna it's gonna make my life a fucking hell if i don't do this it's pretty rough in 2022 i mean just just in this neighborhood we're in right now you can see like that's a new or a re there's like 20 houses under construction with an eyesight Yes, I mean, yeah, there's a huge construction dumpster. Right right they're, there. they're, they're gutting that house right there. That house right there is getting gutted. They're, that one on the corner just got rebuilt. There's one, like, three houses down past that block that's under a huge renovation. It's like every fifth house in Austin is under some sort of renovation. It'll be interesting to see with um, interest rates going up like the way they are, what happens to the housing market here. Uh, I feel like during the 08, 09 financial crisis we didn't really see too much of a correction it kind of leveled off for a little bit well we were undervalued at that point anyway i think was what helped us which is why actually i bought that house in 09 is i felt like things had kind of evened out for a little bit like it wasn't totally a a seller's market anymore like you could have a little bit of leverage uh and i'm curious to see how what's going to happen now um moving forward because things are definitely fucking out of whack here it's fucking looney tunes crazy Oh, I love all this talk about how much of a nightmare it is to buy a house because I am in the process of looking for a, a summer house in Michigan to buy. I'm going to buy a lake house. <laughs> it's just reminding me about a fucking nightmare it's all going to be. And I'm going to be buying a house in this, like, a, a place that's like don't live five in? states over. Yeah. It's just going to be worse and worse. What a fucking nightmare. I just, I You're an idiot. I can't. I, <laughs> dude, I can't anymore. I Emily and I went to walk to dinner last night. We were like, let's fucking stretch our legs and walked in there at eight o'clock at night it was 95 degrees yeah. it's nice now and though. it is september 25th it was 95 degrees at 8 p.m and emily was like i got an alert on my phone you know when you get like a memories on your yeah. and it was like 11 years ago and it was a screenshot she had taken of the weather it was 104 uh, 11 years ago well, 2011 was the worst summer i mean that was that yeah, was but the bad. point is it's like here we are 11 years later and it's still too hot to go outside well, it's only gonna get worse i know i'm just worn out i gotta i gotta get away this was one, this this was a particularly bad. I will say this was a particularly bad summer. It was not like the worst ever. It was like what like fifth worst summer yeah. ever or something. Uh, oh, so, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> so it was bad. 2011 was worse. I, I, that's why I just wanted to make sure he remembers that. 2011 uh, was the worst year ever. That was bad. Uh, uh, so this it should not be this hot right now. Uh, I think we're finally at the part. We're at the point in the year where we're getting entering false fall two. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be nice for a week or two before it gets kind of bad again. It's like sixty degrees in Michigan right now. Yeah, but how bad is it in January? Yeah, I won't I- be there in January. It's a summer house. <laughs> I'll be here. Fair point. Listen, 
I'm not fucking going to Michigan to do anima. I'm telling I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> well, there would be no point. This is <laughs> and I don't think Oh, is is the M in anima Michigan? <laughs> Austin in Michigan always. always. <laughs> it was I, but close enough. <laughs> That works just fine. Uh, you guys have been here for a long time, and I'm sure you know a lot of people who were buying homes probably before you got. Well, maybe not yeah. before you were. I don't know. But, um, like, it, what was that process like where you probably weren't the first one? Because I'm probably, other than, like, Garrett from Mega64, I'm probably one of, like, the first to buy something. Like, buy, buy something yeah. instead of rent. I mean, San Diego's so expensive, so, like, that's where most of my friends are. And then out here, people are buying and stuff. But, like, what was that like when you guys were younger? When people were actually buying, was it like, oh, shit, I need to get in on this? Or was it like, oh, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Jeff's, was that? Jeff, yeah. Jeff's probably the better one to answer that. Like, we've talked about before. He bought the house when he was really young. I was Like, in 2009, when I bought my first house, I was 31. I was so, tw 23 I was yeah. when I yeah. bought my first house. Uh... It was, you know, it's so weird because it seemed like such a natural progression to me. Like, I was so keyed in on growing up and becoming, like, a, I don't know, like, An a adult? settled, responsible adult. <laughs> so when I got out of the Army and I got a job and I, I, I was like, I'm going to work at this job, I'm still very, very, like, very... I guess, like, a uh, uh, boomer Gen X line of thinking, like, I'll work here for 20 years, I'll start the mortgage now, you know. And uh, and I just remember how everybody laughed at me or thought I was crazy. Like, even Bernie, that's how I met Bernie, was, yeah, was yeah. Bernie was, had to, he got the call from a loan officer, you know, to verify employment. And he was like, how the fuck is a hourly employee at the call center buying a house before I do? So he called me in his office to talk to me about it. And I just, I was, I, I had my VA home loan. Uh, which at the time was awesome. Like it's it's going to be awesome again. It's going to be awesome again. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. it's gonna, it is. What did I get? Six percent, right? Woo, like national like average that, was seven, yeah. and I got it six. Yeah. Uh, and I, I read it's going to go up to like six point three. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so here we are again. Um, and uh, and I bought a house that was within my means. Like I was making, I was making eight dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and I bought a ninety thousand dollar, ninety two thousand dollar house. And uh, I didn't have any. I didn't have to put any money down or anything because it was a VA home loan. And it just, it just made. It just made sense to me, and then uh, I realized very quickly that I was kind of alone on an island and would be for a long time. Yeah, um, I uh, when I was around the same age after I'd left the call center, um, maybe in two thousand, two thousand one. So like when I was like twenty two, twenty three, I had looked at a house as well. Well, like I, I like I was making good money uh, once I left the call center. You know, I was working that corporate job, and I I probably had the same thought process you did. Like, oh. Uh, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to be here for a long time. And I remember looking at a house. I really liked Terrytown. I wanted to buy a house in Terrytown. I looked at a house <sighs> in Terrytown. It was a, a corner lot. It was small. I want to say it was like a two, one and a half, maybe a two, one. And it was $300,000. I remember thinking, that's ridiculous. Yeah. No one's ever buying a house for that price. You know, um, stupid me, probably multi-million dollar house now. But yeah, you know, that, that's what makes me think about you talk about buying a $90,000 house, you know, which is in... It wasn't in central Austin, but it was off Riverside. Like it was within walking, east kind, Riverside. Yeah, kind yeah. of walking distance to the Buzz Mill, which we did an episode at. Yeah, it was like just a little further east from there. You know, it's uh, a prime location that people would pay several hundred thousand dollars for nowadays. It sold that house. Sold. Uh, Jason showed me uh, that house. Sold. I want to say two years ago for like five hundred forty thousand. Yeah, I bought it for ninety two. That's the house. That's the house that got taken away from me by the homeowner association yeah. that I had to threaten to kill the the head of the HOA and I had to like I had to buy it back from the guy that bought it. It was a whole thing. I, I turned around and sold it. After I bought it back from that dude, I turned around and sold it for one forty five and uh, and then yeah, and ten years later it sold for half a million dollars. That's nuts, man. Fucking nuts. But what are you gonna do? That shouldn't happen. <laughs> that, shouldn't that, happen. That's, <laughs> that's too much growth. That's too it, much. Yeah, it's too much growth. It's too many people too many people. I mean, it's, and it's just, uh, people are always, I've seen the Austin subreddit, people are always like doom and gloom about the housing market in Austin. And I think normally I'd agree with them. The problem here that throws the housing market out of whack is so many people have been moving here mm -hmm. and construction just doesn't keep up. There's not enough um, like high density construction projects. It's a lots of low density, single family. And Every, just, it can't everything here yeah. is single family it can't, homes. It can't sustain the amount of people moving here. It can't it's, sustain the growth. It's San Diego is the same thing. Everything single family and no, they didn't build apartments. There was no 
dense. It was like downtown, and then everything else is like an island of just what yeah. we're looking at here, yeah. where it's single family homes. And then it's like, well, San Diego's too crowded. It's like, well, you didn't. All the NIMBYs who moved in and they went, I'm here. Shut the door behind me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, all yeah. they all moved in and they went. Well, I don't want this apartment building here because it changes the vibe of the area or whatever shit excuses and then everything gets expensive and they go huh so expensive here yeah and it's like it's because you right yeah i love all the people that move into like uh, like the neighborhood on lamar around zilker park or south congress or uh any of the condos like on east 6th street and then complain about the music noise yeah it's the like best. you moved to a quote-unquote live capital music of the world yep. motherfucker that's probably half the that's reason you moved it. here did did you see that post on the austin subreddit of someone saying like what do i I do about noise complaints and then it's their post is i moved into an apartment around 6th street and a lot of these bars are louder than after 10 p.m who do i complain yeah. to who do i call and it's just all the comments are just lighting them up like what you who fucking do, idiot essentially who do you think you are yeah. we knew someone who yes, lived we did. on 6th street whoa really yeah wait, wait. like uh, on dirty 6th street he lived above uh was it the hot the tears of joy it would no. It was above a art gallery that where they sold that. You know that like fuck. I don't know who the artist is, but he draws like black and white like little cartoon characters, and it's mm -hmm. I don't know. It was it was further in. It was further towards Congress yeah, than it, Tears it, of Joy. It was like in the middle. It's in the of middle, Sixth Street. Like yeah. you would walk up the whatever like he closer to like Daiquiri Factory. Whatever he lived above was not a bar. Yeah, and you would like buzz and you could go up like the stairs he lived on the second floor like above it and uh he had also like a um, there was like a, a rooftop you could hang out mm -hmm. on like overlooking right on sixth street and uh like you'd have people over like you'd hang out like this is fucking nuts that you live like in the middle of sixth street and you have to deal with this shit all the time but you know we were all young like early mid-20s yeah. like you know i'm sure he thought it was awesome at the time we visited him a couple times but i could not imagine even even at that age i could not imagine living right there on 6th Street. Yeah, it was loud as fuck every time we go over for a party. Yeah. But still, it was, yeah. And impossible to get in and out of, right? Yeah. Like on a Friday night. Well, and that was back when. That was when you guys would show me pictures of like, yeah, we just park right in front of Casino El Camino. Yeah, yeah this was probably 2004. <laughs> Yeah, three, four, somewhere. Yeah. So the population was like half of what it is now. <laughs> oh yeah, it wasn't that late. It was probably like two, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. We, it was before Rooster Teeth. It was, yeah, yeah, sort of been like oh two. You don't think you could have done that? You don't think you could have lived no, like on Sixth Street? Absolutely not. I would have loved to do that I for like a year. Oh, I could have done it for a year. Oh, I could have. I could have done that for a year, but then at about a year and a half mark, I think I might have jumped off the balcony. Yeah, it would have <laughs> just. It would have just been the drunkest year of my life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which was say it was probably saying a lot back then, <laughs> but it's like I was living at the bars. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Uh, Who could have asked for more? That would have been like at that age, at that time, and everything. That would have been awesome. Yeah. That would have been the coolest. Just walk downstairs at like I'm gonna eat dinner. Uh, now I'm gonna go get drunk, and now I'm I'm home. Yeah. And oh, everyone come over. I, oh. I had I worked for a while that corporate job. Uh, I was based out of the Littlefield Building there at Sixth and Congress. So I had an office there in the Littlefield building on the third floor, and it was great because, like, I'd, on the weekends, I had a parking spot. Like, there was a there was a reserved parking spot in the Littlefield garage that had my initials on it. You know, I could go in there, park, go out, drink, have a good time, whatever. If I drank too much, I'd just go to my office, <laughs> and I'd just sleep on the couch in my office in the Littlefield building. That's so awesome. I'd just like badge in, go upstairs, you know, turn on the lights in my office, and just pass out. Yeah. Um. So it was, you know, that part was convenient, but the Littlefield building is also like. A little further removed off to the side you know it's, it's right on congress and that like it's an old building that's actually insulated pretty well you couldn't hear the outside so that was fine when i got my first tsa pre-check uh like way after right right after they started it i actually got it in the littlefield building on, i want to say on like the eighth or the ninth floor it was the seventh there was floor, seventh floor. Yeah. there was a regis yeah <laughs> like shared office space you rent kind of like a we work but it's like we work before we work yeah and the tsa rented from regis and i remember thinking like what kind of ramshackle organization am i giving <laughs> my fucking information yeah. to that building has a half floor like in being john yeah. malkovich um i don't know if a lot of people know that if you look at it from the outside you can see where it is like it's where the Littlefield building name wraps around on the outside of the building uh, I want to say it's like the sixth and a half, maybe the fifth and a half floor. What? Uh, yeah, it's like you go, like, I, I, I want to say it's the fifth and a half floor. So it's like you take the elevator to either the fifth or the sixth floor, then you get out, and then you 
you go into the stairwell and you walk either, depending on where you are, either up or down, like half a flight of stairs. And then there's just like a little half door in the wall and you can open it up. And it's like, it's just like being John Malkovich, except there's not people working in there. It's just storage. And you just like hunch over and like crawl around in the little half floor. Do you know why that is? Because I think I do, but I might be wrong. I don't. So I think when Littlefield built that building initially, it was up to that half floor. Mm. is where the roof was and it was the tallest building in Austin and then Caddy Corner on Congress on the southwest side there's another tall building yeah. I don't remember what it's called it's got a name too and somebody like a rival of Littlefield built that building like a story or two stories taller and then he had the tallest building so Littlefield extended the height uh. of his building to make it one story taller than that building so he had the highest building again when I could be wrong about that but I'm pretty sure I, I, I read that so uh, so from the Littlefield building Across Congress from it on the west side, and then like two blocks north, is that really tall white building, the Norwood building. That might be it. Uh, I think that building's still taller. I, that, that's that, that's why I'm going to ask. Like, I don't know when that building was built because that's a pretty tall building, and I think it was built a long time ago. And I don't know if you ever heard the story behind the Norwood building. Uh, the Norwood building has like, it's like a tall white building. Then on the top, it looks like a fancy house. Okay. It's because uh, uh, I guess whoever built it whatever the guy's name was, James Norwood or whatever the fuck his name was, uh, wanted to build his wife a, a, a palace in the sky. So he built a really tall building and then built them a house on top, on top of, of it. it yeah. <laughs> so they could, like, you know, at the time, you know, it was like, nowadays, like, it's kind of forgettable. It kind of gets lost in the skyline. But at the time, it was like the biggest thing around for miles. Like, so they could live way higher than everyone else. Like, that's some baller shit. That's pretty baller. It's that's like, like that dude in India. Yeah, I'm going to build a building and then I'm going to build a mansion on top, top of it of and we're going to look down on everyone else. Wow. And nowadays it's like, you wouldn't even notice that building. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking lost. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything is that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, okay, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, I mean, it all makes sense. There is no catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. The quality is indistinguishable. I mean, my calls are still fine. I still have my data everywhere I go. And it costs a fraction of what I was paying with another big wireless provider before. Plus, I mean, switching over is so simple. It ha- you do it so quickly. And once you're done, it just takes just a couple of minutes, if that. You forget that you've ever switched. I mean, the, the quality still absolutely great. So for anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get a plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash anma. That's mintmobile.com slash anma. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash anma. Your loved ones are complex, beautiful mysteries, but Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Whether you're shopping for mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, or your best friends, Uncommon Goods makes it easy to find remarkable, truly original gifts for anyone. Uncommon Goods wants holiday season to be stress-free, so check out their selection of thousands of items today. They've got all kinds of like really cool, unique stuff. Uh, they've got like a rechargeable cordless magic light bulb. Uh, looks like a, one of those cool Edison bulbs, but it's cordless. Take it with you. How does it work? Magic, I told you. They've also got, remember those old, I'm an old man, I don't know, there's those old 3D real viewers that you could look at when you were a kid. You put the, the like the circle of pictures in and uh, you'd hit the button and it would look like you have looking at a 3D image or something. Well, they have a create your own version of that, create your own 3D reel. Uh, I mean, that's pretty cool. You want to relive your uh, photos and your memories in 3D, don't you? Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, often handmade or made within the US. They have the most meaningful out of the ordinary gifts anywhere. Who knows what holiday ship is going to look like this season. Uh, the unique gifts at Uncommon Goods can sell out fast. So shop now. Get taken care of early. Why not? Why, why, why are you going to be a sucker? Why are you going to wait to the last second? Do it now. Uncommon experiences are more than virtual classes. They're unexpected opportunities to have fun and connect in new ways from tarot card reading, romantic map making, cooking, and mixology classes, and more. 
Uh, no matter what they're into, Uncommon Goods has a perfect gift from art and jewelry to kitchen, home and bar. Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same, you know, lackluster gift you're going to find anywhere. Uh, and when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. With every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back a dollar to nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than two and a half million dollars to date. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash anma. That's uncommongoods.com slash anma for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, uh, we're all out of the ordinary. That squirrel has a fucking huge nut in its mouth. You know, I, I read the other day that uh, squirrels are really bad at remembering shit, and the reason they bury so much stuff for the winter is because they forget yeah. where like 80% of it is. Yeah. Yeah. So good for them. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking moron. Well, they don't have phones yet. <laughs> they can't uh, even know. It's not yet. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so you guys have seen sort of this, I guess you want to call it urban sprawl of what Austin has sort of become now. Yeah. Versus where you guys were living before and then where you're living now and where everything sort of spread out. Even Rooster Teeth sort of spread out from where, you know, downtown and, and moving up. And, <laughs> from a spare bedroom. Yeah, too, right. Yeah. Like mo- moving to like what you guys are talking about, like Ralph Oblinado or whatever. And then now you're... You showing me a picture of Norwood. That's the Norwood building. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now you see, you know, we're up north in what the Mueller area, um, mm-hmm. which is Austin. probably way more north than you guys ever really went when Austin was. Unless we were going bowling. Unless you were going bowling. Yeah. Um, do, do you think that spread continues? Like it has to, doesn't it? Like, in in what my, is next? In my mind, there's always been, and I think Jeff probably thinks the same way. There's there's always been a boundary to Austin proper Mm. Um, and I think that the sprawl will continue but the further you get from that core the more the well it's different now the more diluted the experience became yes overall the experience has become different now so I don't know how 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 much weight that still holds but I think you'll still see you'll still continue to see that sprawl but the further you get the less Austin-y it is in general but as Austin changes, it kind of like evens out with that sprawl as well. Yeah, as Austin changes, the less Austin-y Austin is. Right. Which I guess is that sounds negative, and I don't mean it to be. It's just, it's just Austin's becoming a different place. Right. That's why I didn't want to say it was less Austin. Yeah. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. It's like you, I don't know if it's the outside sprawl influencing the Austin itself, or if it's just the sheer amount of people moving in and then making noise complaints about you know bars that they live by. You know that. It's just dumb stuff like that. It's just times changing in general. Yeah. You know? What we used to say was, when we were younger, that Austin itself was bound on the north by 183, Mm -hmm. uh, on the west by Mopac, and then on the east going around uh, 183 as well, and then on the south, Ben White. So it's like, there was, you know, kind of this core of the city itself. And we we would always joke we never wanted to go past any of those streets. Yeah. (laughs) Like that—that that was it. That being said, even up here it was way too far north for us. Yeah, we're not—we're pretty far south of 183, but we're not too far from um, North Loop and Flight Path, where we joked about like visiting our friends who lived <laughs> on North Loop. Be like, man, that's really far. That's yeah. really far north, which, in the grand scheme of things, really is not. But yeah, I think you know you'll continue to see that sprawl. You know, um, Cedar Park. Uh, Liberty Hill, Leander, like all Taylor. these places. Yeah, I think there's a big Samsung plant there is. up in Taylor, and that's gonna. I heard that area is exploding. That Samsung plant, <laughs> fucking dude. That fucking Samsung plant. So <laughs> they're building it right off the end of the runway at the airport. There are they really? Yeah. So it's like anytime I'm always paranoid. I'm gonna fucking hit a crane at the Samsung oh, plant. No. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, leaving the leaving the Taylor airport. Wow. Uh, it's like. The airport, then the road, and then the Samsung plant. And it's like, you have to be, like, okay, there's <laughs> cranes right over there. <laughs> Don't hit a crane. Oof. Um, and I think it's they're going to be there for, like, the next year and a half building that place. But, yeah, all these small towns that were just, like, you wouldn't even stop at before, you know, years yeah. years ago, uh, have really exploded. Like, Liberty Hill is fucking crazy. When we first moved here, I couldn't have found Liberty Hill on a map, I don't think. <laughs> well, we watched uh, we watched the growth alone just in Buda from, I'd say, 2003 to 2007, maybe? Yeah, somewhere when, in there. Like, it's, we had our first office down there. Well, our first office was Bernie's spare bedroom, right? Because he lived in Buda in, like, a little neighborhood about halfway between Buda and uh, Salt Lake. And then we outgrew, well, actually, I think his wife was sick of having us <laughs> in the house at the time. And so we got an apartment in downtown Buda. 
And I think maybe even we even touched on it. We talked about Big Oak Philly, but uh, a Walmart and a Cabela's opened up, and then every local business in Buda shut down. Yeah. <laughs> and there were just, and then suddenly there were houses being built everywhere you could see. I don't know if you remember this at that time in Buda, but there was a. Um there was a lot of construction going on at the time, obviously, with yeah. all, the, all the stuff you're talking about. And, uh, you know, with all this construction, they have to bring heavy equipment in and, you know, it gets loud. Roads get fucked up. And uh, as part of this, one of the construction companies who was, like, building this subdivision of houses needed to build a giant rock crusher. Uh, I guess, like, they would dig up huge rocks and, like, put it in the crusher and it would, like, break them down into smaller gravel that they could then like reuse into whatever the hell they needed to do or maybe it was for like making concrete on site or something mm. they would have like this rock crusher and of course speaking of nimbys all these people were opposed to them building this rock crusher out there to build this development <laughs> so they all put up these signs around buda <laughs> oh, I forgot and, I, about that. <laughs> and i thought it was like the weirdest thing i was almost like <laughs> something out of a superhero movie or something out of like a villain origin story because they all had these signs that said stop the crusher <laughs> <laughs> and we would drive by them and be like, "Man, that's fucking cool!" Like, I mean, like, I picture like the Crushers, like this super m- mega rich, like villain, yeah. like Lex Luthor type, who's like, going to destroy the city. And the citizens are begging for someone to come and stop the Crusher from uh, from destroying their way of life. And I would laugh every time we would drive through Buda and see the "Stop the Crusher" sign. They were everywhere. Stop. I wonder if anybody still has a "Stop the Crusher" sign. Did they stop the crusher? I don't, I don't I, remember. I have no idea. I, I, I don't, I don't, we didn't live there. We didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it didn't matter to me. I was like, yeah, go crusher. <laughs> we, were, we were just mad we had to drive fucking 45 minutes to make Red versus Blue because somebody refused to live in Austin. 45 <laughs> minutes each direction. Yeah. It was, it was and bad. deal with fucking rush hour traffic every day of our lives because somebody wanted to live in the country. Is somebody sitting at that table right, this table right now? No. No. No, no, no they're not. No. Oh. That was a uh, somebody. Yeah. Somebody can't even be bothered to live in this country anymore, <laughs> let alone the country. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was brutal. That was a lot of driving. I, I I feel like when you're younger, at least I don't know. I want to speak for you guys. When I was younger, I felt like driving wasn't as much of a waste of time as I feel like it is mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I think when you're younger, you don't value your time as much. So you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm going to drive 45 minutes. I'm going to drive an hour. It's like, it's no big deal. You're just going to, that's just part of doing the thing. Mm -hmm. I can make the most out of it. Like, when I lived in that condo downtown for two years, uh, just getting from uh, Austin Film Studios to my place at 3rd and Bowie or 5th and Bowie, uh, sometimes it would take an hour and 20 minutes, you know, or... or eight minutes if it wasn't in rush hour, you know, it just you never knew. And you just like you kind of get into the rhythm. Like I just it was just opportunity to listen to Howard Stern. Yeah, I just uh, I just tried to make the most of it. That's what the same thing I did. As a matter of fact, I was driving to Bernie's house to make Red versus Blue the day, the moment I was listening to Stern on the way to Bernie's house when the radio station went dark and came back on and went like and it came back on and it was easy listening. It was hard rock without. It was rock and roll without the hard edge. Is what they refor- they rebranded the station in the middle of a Howard Stern episode. Wow, no way! And it was just gone. And then suddenly it was uh, it was like a Bob FM type radio uh, station. It was Jack FM back then. Jack FM, and then they, and yeah. they rebranded it to Bob. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's when my ride got worse. That's I couldn't <laughs> listen to Howard anymore before satellite radio. Uh, yeah. Um, I, it's, it's funny. I remember. That's one of the early memories I have. When I first moved to Austin, uh, like watching local TV and seeing, I remember thinking it was weird, like seeing ads for radio stations on like local TV, uh, and that was one of them. I think that that station you're talking about that that played Stern, like they would mm-hmm. have a TV commercial, and I thought it's it's weird watching one dying medium <laughs> run ads on another dying yeah. medium that's not as dead yet mm-hmm. to try to get people to leave this one and then go experience that or to remember it when they get to their fucking car. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was 98.9, but I could be wrong. It's been a long time it's since I had to remember a radio station. A radio station, yeah. Yeah. Man, that is a that is a that is something that was already really dead and dying by that point yeah. that has just Yeah. I mean, you, you know, people talk about music streaming killing, like, album sales or, you know, how people's listening habits have totally changed. Who listens to the fucking radio anymore? Like, AM, FM radio? I, I, like, even when I was a kid, AM was, you know, like, on really on the way out. Like, AM, like AM gold was long gone. 
Um, and I can't imagine like who at this point is like, yeah, I'm gonna turn on the FM radio and listen to something right now. I mean, I think AM exists because of conservative talk radio Absolutely. and sports, yep. right? That's yep. the only two reasons you would tune into AM and FM. I don't know. Maybe because the rental car you have, you didn't pay for the Sirius upgrade. <laughs> or you can't, like, you don't have the cable to plug your phone in yeah, and, yeah. and stream something. You're talking about these being dying mediums, and I, I agree. I think, like, the average age for people who are, like, watching cable is older than oh, yeah. ever. It's uh, There's no youth coming into it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But do you think, because this is how it felt doing stuff with Mega64, whenever, no one gave a fuck when you did something that was actually cool, but when you had something on TV, it was very exciting for people who did not know what you did or understand. Mm -hmm. There's like a legitimacy to those things. Do you think that's still there? Like, do you think that if there was a TV show suddenly, do you think there's more legitimacy to that in like people's eyes only still to like boomers? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like all old people at this point. It's, it's, It's that different mindset where, right, it's like, TV is the epitome of gatekeeping content, uh, you know, whereas the internet has been the exact opposite of that. Like the internet, you put something up, that's why no one gives a fuck. It's like, yeah, whatever, you're doing something on the internet, anyone can do something on the internet. Like TV, it's like someone had to see the value in this and, yeah. and rubber stamp it and say, yes, this is good. But fuck TV, dude. I mean, <laughs> it's all old people at this point. I don't think anyone, anyone gives a fuck at this dude, point anymore. I have a 17-year-old daughter who uh, who loves to watch you know, shows and movies and shit. And, but she has no idea what TV is. Like she really doesn't. Like we haven't had cable since in years and she, to her TV is TV is apps. You know, it really, all TV is, is apps anymore. The idea of her watching like live over the air TV, like it would be so foreign to her. It's sports, right? Like sports is the only thing that I'll watch. You, uh, the NFL, baseball, wrestling, mm-hmm. like stuff that it, that's the only appointment viewing. I can't imagine sitting down and like watch like TV, TV, especially like cable TV. It's so expensive too. It's, yeah, yeah, I don't get it. You know what else is expensive? Buying all the fucking other apps to put, bundle them together yeah. to equal sh- what cable was. They should put all of those apps together and then you can watch them however <laughs> you want and you pay one fee. And they have all the channel or apps all together in one God place. Damn. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's funny how much that, all of that stuff has changed from, you know, I remember being a little kid and there were like 10 channels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the proliferation of cable. Then you had hundreds and then people became frustrated with it. Like, I don't want all of these channels. I just want this a la carte thing. And then. It took a long time, but eventually the company's like, oh, you want an a la carte thing? Fuck you. Here it is. <laughs> Here's what I don't think any of us realized in that era when we were kind of drawing the line out and seeing the future. And, and, and in that a la carte era, we were like, why should we pay? Like, why am I paying? Yeah. Why am I paying for C-SPAN? I'll never watch C-SPAN, right? Uh, or at the time, I didn't like sports. So, like, I didn't want ESPN. Now I couldn't live without it. But... Uh, we were so fucking short-sighted. Like, I remember lobbying, like, let's get rid of cable. Let's do a la carte. Let's, we've got Netflix now. Let's have these. We'll just pay for the services we want. And uh, I think the thing that we were missing as idealized young uh, 20-somethings is that when the money realized there was more money to be made this way, they were just going to fuck us that much yeah. harder. Yeah. And we just, we like, it's our fault. We bitched too much. We were too short-sighted. We yeah. were too short-sighted. We got what we wanted, and I did not consider the fact that the way to get it would be for corporations to make more money off yeah. of us. For you to pay m- more. Pay even more. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, here I am paying for Paramount Plus and Peacock and Hulu and Amazon I you and Netflix. <laughs> Uh, I, I do. I, I got some stuff I like on Peacock. What do you watch on Peacock? I just watched The, the Resort. It, I don't watch The Office. I just watched The Resort. It was awesome. Um, a lot of my housewives are on uh, Peacock. Yeah, Real Housewives of Miami mm. is on house is on a. That's Peacock. what you're missing, Gus. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm good. I, 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 I look at Peacock sometimes. And I think maybe. Uh, no. 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 I can't. I, I can't bring myself to. Do I it. was doing the thing where I would like pay for a subscription long enough to watch a show and then cancel it and just kind of surf around. But that's just too much upkeep. I can't like. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. But that's what they that's what they bank on, right? Is the apathy that yes. you're just going to yeah. keep paying for this fucking thing. I'm I'm real on the fence of Paramount Plus. Like I don't, I I I have it, but man, I I really struggle to to keep Dude, justifying it to myself. I watch a lot of Paramount Plus because Beavis and Butthead is running right yeah, now. That's it's one of the so reasons, fucking yeah. good. I re- I recently discovered Detroiters, 
Oh, uh, Detroit is I'm, good. I'm going through that whole show, and then that's where like uh, Amazing Race and Survivor are yeah. as well. So. Um, Amazing Race is also on Prime Video. I watched almost every season of Amazing Race on Prime Video oh, like really? two years ago. Yeah, I just started the new season uh, last night. Uh, yeah, they just started the new season. I didn't know it was going to come out so soon. Um, the main reason I watch Paramount Plus, or the re- main reason I subscribe to Paramount Plus, is for uh, Air Disasters. <laughs> and they, they don't even have every season. You just can't get enough. Some man. of the seasons, like they have weird licensing things in the U.S., where some of the seasons are owned by like Smithsonian Network, and some of them are like it's just all over the place, and so. They don't even have every episode on there. The reason I got Paramount Plus was because they had uh, non-U.S. seasons of Survivor. Like they had South Africa, uh. they had Australia, and they had uh, another. I can't another country. I was halfway through a season of Australia, and they pulled them all. Mm. And oh, so, really? Yeah, I was like eight episodes into a, the, a season on Australia, and they just removed it all. Is it like the same show, but everyone just has accents? No, it's way better. It's way better oh, really? in Australia. Yeah, everybody is like way more, and I, I don't mean this as an indictment on America, but everybody is more physically fit on those shows. It's an indictment so on they, America. Yeah, 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 no, you're right. Because because they they compete harder, is is and so the challenges are a lot more difficult. And it's like the best way I could describe it is you watch a a season of Survivor in America, and you have to like go over an obstacle course, right? Which maybe you have to like climb ropes and like go down a slide. In Australia, they had that same optical course or obstacle optical obstacle <laughs> course, but they put it on stilts so it's 30 feet in the air. Oh my god. So if you fall, you're breaking like three arms. Wow. You know, it's fucking it's awesome. That, that's true. Uh I've never I never watched a, a foreign season of uh, or an over another season of Survivor. The Australian like Jeff Probst is cool. He's good. <laughs> I was looking at the recorder here. I didn't want you to think I was trying to wrap us oh, up. Eric, cool. I just thought the screen was off, and I was like, oh, no, oh, it, has, it hasn't <laughs> no, been recorded. And then you push it, like, okay. It. Huh. We can. We could probably start winding down. We're right around almost that 50-minute mark, so we probably want to start winding down anyway. What did um, uh, you guys do this weekend? Uh, what did I do Did this you play weekend? baseball? Uh, yeah, I actually went to um, Walnut Creek because I heard there were no locks on the fields. Uh, there's one with no lock, but someone was using it, so I had to hop a short fence. Me and my buddy Andrew went out, and uh, we just threw heat. So, like, it was just throwing. We were trying to pitch, throw some curveballs and some sliders, stuff like that. So we did that on Saturday, and then, like, the rest of the weekend was like, man, taking it easy. It was nice. Not having anything to do on a weekend is, like, that's killer. Mm. I started Halloween in this weekend. I built my— you started Halloween? Yeah, I built my Halloween village. Oh. What is that for? Just to have for Halloween. What's little, little, little. You looked at that and you said, "What's that for?" Yeah, like, like, what do you mean? It's for decoration. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little tiny Halloween yeah, well, like, village. You're gonna put that in your house? It's in and my, like... it's in my office. Yeah. Why? Uh, it's fun. I carved all the, I carved all the mountains out of foam, and then I painted them and added grass and like, what's the whole that? thing. It's just decoration. Yeah, it's what's decoration. that for? It just seems like <laughs> what a, purpose does this? It serve? seems like a lot of work. Oh, it was a for, tri- some, for something you put up for like two or three weeks, uh-huh. and then you then you have to keep it in storage. Like it just seems like work on top of work. You, you know, just, just described holidays. Yeah. Oh, that's I agree. Ex- I don't like holidays. No. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> and it, what's even crazier is it, this is actually that's why I did it this weekend. Um, I probably put 20, 20 to twenty five hours this weekend into that, and uh, no. That's it's one of the days of the weekend. So it's gonna it's gonna go. It'll be up for a, a month and a week, and uh-huh. then I'll take it down and then put up Christmas. Emily has way more Christmas shit than Halloween shit. I cover Halloween. I build the Halloween village. Uh-huh. She builds the Christmas village. Uh, what village do you build at home, Gus? I I can't like, like <laughs> it's I'm still, so much so fun. I'm my mind is stuck on. So November first, uh-huh. it's time to take the Halloween village down. Where does it go? Uh, it goes back in the boxes, and then it goes into Tupperwares, and then I put them in my storage unit. You have a storage unit? Yeah. See, this is what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. You pay money to store stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't have a garage in my house, I can't so do I, that. I don't have I a cannot choice. do that. If I, if I, there is something about me I cannot bring myself to ever pay for a storage unit or to pay for storage. Ugh, I had two storage units for about three years no, there. I just, I, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I had mine and then Emily's, but we consolidated to one storage unit. To one storage unit, yeah. <laughs> if Congratulations. I, if I can't find a place for it in my house, I don't fucking need it. Like, Dude, I, I agree with you in principle. 
<laughs> but not in but, practice. But you, but, not in practice. <laughs> but you still but, spent 25 but, hours building but something. Look at this <laughs> but it's easier to pay 170 bucks a month to, to oh put all that Oh my god, ice. dude. I can't. But it's not just, it's not that like I'm just storing right, my Halloween village. I'm storing like extra bicycles. It's all shit. And you don't need extra bicycles. Yeah. Extra bicycles. Yeah, I got two, uh, two other Why? Bikes. Because I'm going to maybe move, take them to Michigan. Maybe. <laughs> and extra furniture and stuff. How so? This, this is family heirlooms. It's ready. The, store, house, the new house is ready. You pay two grand a year to store a bike. No, it's uh, way more stuff than that. Yeah, it's basically bikes. like Emily, uh, Emily's entire life and my entire life sandwiched into one house. There was a bunch of shit left over. I got rid of everything I didn't want, but there could is you, the idea that we'll buy a bigger house. Could someday, you replace or, all that stuff for less than two grand? No. I don't know. There's a there's a break even point here. And I've I think got past it. that's at least like three thousand dollars worth of Christmas or Halloween village. What? what? Those this is getting like, worse. Wait, how big is the Halloween village? Those things are like three hundred bucks a pop. You're making this way worse. I'm 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 getting further and further off board here. It's Wait, what? Just, they're just it's cute. It's how fun. big is it? Uh it's a a, a forty eight inch round table. So. I thought it. I I really thought it was. No, like, no, no. It looks massive. That's why I'm like. Uh, that's why I asked. I just what thought it is all that for? Like, <laughs> it doesn't oh make God, sense. It's so big. It's awesome. I thought it Isn't was. It, no. I thought it was like a foot. Didn't I, I do a good so job big. though? Oh, we're not. We're uh, not. Hey, do you understand the question now? Yeah. yeah what yeah. is that for? <laughs> we're we're not decrying your job. I think you did a great job. It's that's, for looking at. See, that's how it started. See, looked like uh-huh, that. Uh huh. And now. Uh huh. It looks like this is great for a podcast. You're a lunatic. We have it to. Looks you, like that. you have to send me we'll, this because we'll I have this, to post yeah. it. Yeah. This is um, you're a fucking lunatic. Wow. You spent uh, three grand. Not to, all at once. To, to, to then put it in storage and spend two grand a year. Yeah. Yeah, but so. the bikes are there also. And, and sofa. There's a sofa. There's ta- there's some family heirlooms that uh-huh. just don't fit in the house right now. There's a bunch. There's just lots of stuff. There's lots Got of stuff. My head is in my hands, man. Man, that hurts me. That if I hurts dude, me. if I had a garage, mm-hmm. I would have all that shit in my garage. But I don't. Yeah. I don't have. I don't. Are have you storage. one of those people who would have a garage and then not park your car in it because you put storage? No. You no. Would still park your car. A, in ca- it. a garage is for the car. Okay. But it also holds a bunch of other shit. Okay. I know? have a lot of neighbors who refuse to put their cars in their garages. I've noticed this. Like their their garages have become storage, mm. and they leave their cars outside. No. And to no, me, no, no. that is. <laughs> that is also infuriating. <laughs> no, that's I, I agree with that. And I would I would like to keep it in the little shed. I have a little shed in the back of my house. I would like to keep it there, but once you put in like the yard stuff, it's just there's no room. Because you build another shed. It's cheaper than two thousand dollars. Yeah. Another shed. And then you have to move it for your pool. Yeah. Um well, I learned a lot. Speaking of stuff in storage, uh, Gus got those baseball cards, so we should figure that out. That, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, That's not even all of them, by the way. Oh, right. That's I, just some of them, right? I found out that's 40%. That's awesome. Yeah, that's there, insane. There, what lot, what do we do with more. that? I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to like, open them on a stream, or what do you want to do? We're doing a break show this week, if you want to come on. We Whatever you want. Uh, we might be recording another episode, of, like Meta Talk. We might be recording another episode of Anima this, this week as well, I, I think. I'd like to try to do it Friday if we can. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, I don't know. We'll do something with it. Yep. Um... But now we should wrap up. But we need to take guesses at the name. Um, <laughs> I do like uh, Alexander Pitt has a good guess. A new Monday audio. No, I mean that is a guess. I wouldn't say it's a good guess, but oh, it is I, a guess. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, I thought it was a good guess. Thanks, nah. thanks, Alex. But um, no, no, thanks, Alex. Uh, animation or o- animation Austin. That's from Jeff. Not this Jeff. Not this Jeff. Jeff with a J. Jake? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. That's not no. Okay. Um, okay. This is the last guess that I'll give. Uh, this is from Heidman. Uh, Heidman? <laughs> H-Y-D-M-A-N. Hidman? Heidman. Okay. No, it's Heidman. Um, my guess for the name, my guess guess for the name, way to go, man, is, uh, is Austin Mia Moore. No. Okay. We've heard we, that and before. we did, and the reason I guess that is because we did find out that... Um, it is all in English. Yes, it is there in English. is no second language. Correct. That was Gus that, I was fucking just with, with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like doing that. Jeff knows. It's it's funny because uh, oh, uh, let me give a guess. Uh, so Gus Gus told me uh, or told us last time that we hadn't guessed all of the words yes. yet, mm-hmm. and so I've decided I'm going to brute force this. So I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to go through. <laughs> so this week I'm going to do. Uh, is a, that why you brought a dictionary with you? <laughs> Uh, Anubis Monsignor acceptance. These, this is very good. That's a great guess. So we can. How uh, did you guess? Oh no! <laughs> I'm like Rumpelstiltskin over here. I'm gonna fucking dissolve. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna go through every A N M A words I can think of. Oh, and eventually, man. we will. Eventually, we'll get through them all. We're almost there. Gotta be. Um, you know, how many words are there in the dictionary? It's not that many. Tons. We were gonna talk this week about shipping DVDs in the early days. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. And then we didn't get. There. I'll, yeah, I'll make a. I'll, we'll I'll make a note of that because it's not on my notes. So the shipping DVDs. Instead, thing. we just decided to in, uh, insult Jeff for. Uh, no, no, no. Storing uh, for not having a garage. That was only at the end, and that that is not because you. <laughs> I think a lot of people out there in the world have storage sheds, and I'm disappointed facilities. in all of them. I just, I just can't fit everything in my house. Then you have too much stuff. Like that's I, the, I agree. That's the intrinsic core of the problem. If you no. can't fit it in your house, you don't fucking need it. No, I still need my my Christmas and my Halloween stuff, and all your extra bikes. Well, yeah, because I'm going to take them up to Michigan when I buy the lake house. Fucking. I'm gonna and I'm gonna have the, when I out. when I buy the lake house in Michigan, I'll have half the furniture already. It's in storage. It's already it's already half furnished, Gus. And then yeah. he won't have to have a storage unit. But listen, I bet he still will. I listen, I can't wait until he buys his house in Michigan. Uh -huh. Then he has, he starts complaining about how none of his furniture goes with it, <laughs> and then he has Absolutely. to buy new furniture. These bikes don't match my house. That's what is going to happen. He's smiling because yeah. he just realized. <laughs> <laughs> he just realized this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Well, that's pretty exciting. What are you going to do? Well, if you want to uh, follow us for more, uh, I guess, Michigan house updates or uh, coffee talk. Fingers uh, crossed. You can. Anma Podcast. At Anma Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, follow us there. Keep up to date with the show. I think we have uh, merch coming eventually. I should probably track that down. Um, thank you for listening. This was uh, another good episode. This is episode 18, I think. Uh, yeah. We're getting through. Eight, episode good. 18, our 22nd episode, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, <laughs> I love it. Those I love are good it. ones. It's great. <laughs> uh, so thank you for listening. Any parting words for the folks at home? Now nah, we need to end this because I have diarrhea and I have got to get home. What? Yeah. I've been holding it in. It's just a bathroom. I don't I'm know. not going to the homeless playing, house. Someone's playing a fiddle. I'm not going to the homeless house. I think it's violin. <laughs>